you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Shotgun snap. Looking middle of the field. Under pressure. Ball is stripped. Chenanawosu diving for it. There is a scrum. It looks like the Chargers may have it. We'll see. Charger ball. Charger ball. The Bolts are going to win in Baltimore. David. Football. Football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. There it was. The high point of the 2018 Los Angeles Chargers season. With all due respect to what they did in Heinz Field and some other big wins that got them to that spot, but that's where the road ended for the Chargers. They went into the buzzsaw that is the New England Patriots. Inexplicable almost, although I do want to say for the record, I, for one, do believe to some degree that Tom Brady and the rest of the Patriots are good at football. Hi and hello, know. and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. We got a dandy one uh, coming up for you. You just heard the voice of the Los Angeles Chargers. Our pal Matt Money-Smith coming up in just one second. Also want to let you know James Jones, a... Uh, a veteran of not just big-time playoff games, but big-time playoff games played under frigid temperatures. He has some counsel for Tyreek Hill, what to look for, what to expect playing in uh, near what sounds like zero-degree temperatures uh, expected at Arrowhead, and then they'll be under the dome in uh, in the Superdome. He's helping us break those games down, too, as will the man who I just mentioned to you, whose voice you just heard there, our pal. We haven't seen him in a couple of weeks, and he's vi- visiting us via Skype. It's Matt Money Smith. What's the poop, fella? Well, thanks for having me. My apologies for uh, for not being there last week, but as you know, uh, it turns out, man, that travel can get you. And I'm not making excuses for the Chargers, but uh, I I can only speak for myself. I was pretty beat. I was uh, pretty beat out there in Foxborough after back-to-back cross-country trips to the eastern seaboard. Oh, I can imagine. So uh, that's uh, turns out that's important. You know, got to get one of those top two seeds, get the bye in the divisional round, and that tends to be a a pretty good predictor of postseason success. Well, it is, and uh, it wasn't uh, a prediction. It was me just looking at the trends a half decade. Now we're up to six years and running that if you don't, it's it's fun. We get distracted, especially by roundabout Thanksgiving. You start buzzing around the table like, well, we need this. If that team loses a couple, I can still see us getting a six seed. I can still see us getting a wild card. That's all fun stuff. It's neat. We saw the Bills a year ago. That was great. But if you want to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, you need to get a bye. Six straight years of evidence proves that out. It doesn't. It's weird, though, because it does seem like it wasn't very long ago that 
six seeds were routinely running to the Super Bowl. I, I, maybe I'm. Uh, it seems like the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Steelers, Giants, and the Packers, Packers. Yeah, you know, Giants. Right, they all did Giants, that. Giants. Yeah. Um, but yes, like I say, all one seeds, with the exception of the uh, of the Falcons a couple of years ago, a two seed get to the Super Bowl these days. Hey, before anything else, Matt Money Smith, I don't know the the listener can't hear it or can't see it, but I can. What is that looming over your left shoulder there in your office? Who? What, what's that, that is, a photograph of? That is a photograph of uh, Tinker to Evers to Chance of the uh, the Chicago baseball club there that my parents bought me as a Christmas gift a while back, and it is the only sports themed picture I have anywhere in my abode. Um, I just figured, you know, if they were nice enough to get that thing uh, in a pretty sweet looking frame, I might as well put it up there. That's great. And uh, that is, uh, it's a great looking photo. Uh, what isn't great, I, well, this is something we'll do in the off season at your pleasure. You're one of these guys. What is it? You, you love sports, but you got to make a statement to yourself. Is that what it is? I, I'm not, I'm not going to be defined by my sports, uh, my sports love. You know what it is? I just like nothing has nothing that I have really kind of moves me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's and it's it's probably because I got into the music business so, so young and I started kind of getting and, and God, this is going to sound terrible and total humble braggy, but I don't mean it to. I just started getting these really cool gold records and platinum records and like these really awesome framed things to uh, commemorate the, the successes we had. And it really wore off fast. By the time I was like 24, 25, I was like, I'm not going to hang any of these things up in my in my house. And then that became sports memorabilia from working at, you know, in sports at a young age again like in my early 20s i was doing sports at k-rock and they were sending me autographed stuff oh here's a Shaq jersey framed and here's a kobe hmm. shoe and a, and a mount and it just you got too know. much you get to exactly i was spoiled too soon too young that uh nothing really just kind of moved me yeah, anymore i listen uh, i'm a fan of matt money smith but uh, we we don't park our cars in the same garage i have a whole room filled with all my nonsense <laughs> i have a lemieux framed uh, signed jersey steel curtain but listen anywho let's talk football a little bit shall we and we'll start with this as we jump into the title games one last look back at the divisional round i've been thinking it through a lot of people for what my opinions worth have been asking how do you suppose six weeks that the patriots haven't been abjectly bad but they were mediocre looking coming down the stretch and you could see that there were that were um potentially some places that they could be had by the chargers or or otherwise and the only thing I can come up with at this point is because they didn't just beat your Chargers. They, I mean, they they oh, hammered know, them. They Humiliated just them. dominated them pretty much uh, from start to finish. The only thing I can come up with is Belichick's a witch. <laughs> I, I I mean, that's a, I, I feel he leads like, a coven of witches. I don't know what gives. I mean, what? How else does it make any sense that they lose um, Nate Solder in free agency? Oh, they're going to be in trouble there. Well, 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 we replaced him now. Now we drafted Isaiah Wynn to replace him at left tackle. Like, oh, he's out for the year. No matter. James White is this good? Wake up, everybody! It's he's under a spell. Julian it, Edelman, come on. It was um, look. And it's, where it's is masterful. Salem? Tell me, Matt it's, Money, you're you're a smart Salem guy. Mass. Where's Salem? Right up the road. And I'll tell you what, it feels like you're going to Salem when you take that bus trip into Foxborough. I it's I love I love that stadium. I love going to games really? there. It's a I really do. I think it's got a lot of character, just the design of the stadium, the way the seats are laid out, where the jumbotrons are. They have that huge, you know, kind of backyard flame lantern looking thing in one of the end zones. Um it doesn't get as loud, I think, because it's so wide. That's just details that you don't need. But no, when that's you what they say though. When you drive into Foxborough, 
you're taking these winding roads through this sort of desolate, dark looking path, you know, that's it's not like Green Bay where you're driving through a neighborhood and bang, there's Lambo out of nowhere. This is like you feel like you're you're an animal and you're being taken out into the woods to be put down. And there's there's <laughs> sheds and there's barking Fitting dogs for on old chains. man rivers and company this week, <laughs> right? last weekend. It, and then you just stumble upon Foxburn. You're like, God, this feels weird. Like, where are we? And, and what the heck's going to happen to us? But I, I think in terms of the game, uh, clearly, you know, Gus Bradley and, and what he was so masterful at drawing up against the Ravens uh, went the exact opposite direction in this one. I mean, the cushion afforded to James White, uh, the cushion afforded to Julian Edelman. I mean, receivers that are not going to beat you with speed and, and why they elected to play zone for, you know, nearly an entire half um, was a bit of a head scratcher. And then offensively, they had one and one matchups on the outside and half the time. And I know Warren Sharp pointed this out on his Twitter feed. They were running into a stacked box on first down to very little success. Yet when they took those shots outside, they had 20 yards per uh, per throw. And it was just kind of weird that they weren't able to kind of recognize those trends early on and fell in that hole and just couldn't climb out of it. Yeah, I hear you. You know, again, voodoo. How can they exactly how can they right. stuff both the run and the uh, deny any passing opportunities um i do you know what there was a critical point there it's a little bit ridiculous once you see a score get up to 35 7 to say the other team had a shot there but there was a moment there 21 7 i don't know if you felt it where they gave it to melvin gordon and he made a little bit of hay went for about eight yards and then phil just flat out missed seeing melvin gordon on a swing pass on the play after that they get a field goal there burn the clock get to the half at 21 10 i think uh maybe it would have felt a little bit different but it's hard to look back now and uh and, and make no much question. of a case for uh, for yeah. what happened there. All right, that's rear view mirror stuff. That's that. And uh, and uh, so let's jump right to it, shall we? Let's get to it. The red challenge flag picks for the AFC and the NFC title games. Red challenge, red challenge flag, flag picks. picks. All right, Ow! we jumped in. That was okay. That wasn't too bad. A little let's... late. A little delayed. No, 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 no. It was, okay, it, it, it was uh, right Just on. Just sounded time terrible. Then. No, right on time. Hey, uh, we have a song. You say you're a, uh, a lover of. Uh, well, you you in fact are a great lover and uh, deep knowledge <laughs> of music. The one man house band Dick Banks is soon Love to premiere him. in a matter of moments here. We decided money. We did it for the Chargers and for the Rams. Obviously, we'll have to hold on to the Chargers one for a little while. But, you know, one thing college football has over the NFL is the fight song. You know, a few teams out there in the NFL have a, have a nice fight song. Obviously, Fly Eagles Fly and the Bears and so on. But the Rams since Ram It and the Chargers since uh, San Diego Super Chargers. They, they don't have one. But so now the one-man house band has taken care of business and created one for the Rams. We'll debut Ooh. that in just a second. Meantime, though, let's talk about what's going to go down in the Superdome. You know all the storylines. I don't have to cover them here. You've heard them ad nauseum all week long. Let's jump to it. Rams. Saints. Matt Money Smith. Choose. This one is tough. I'm going to preface it. I, I truly, when Emma sent me the uh, email and you keep swinging that bolo above your head, I think I filled and deleted three different times before I finally settled on the Saints. Bang! Oh, 
I I I went. I missed you there. There now I got you. <laughs> right between the eyes. I go. That was a good shot. Rams. Um, I say are going to win it. I think both teams are. I in fact all four teams. This has been the running theme for me going into these games. Both four. All four teams should be able to run the ball. You look at what they had. You take Sheldon Rankins out of the mix in New Orleans. Uh, they might be able to be had there. And I also do think that there's something to. I don't know if there's any. If you buy this uh, money, you know better than I do about this. I feel like anecdotally that these teams that jump out the way the Rams did and were so dominant the first half of the season that they were in a position of luxury or uh, that, that there was no urgency to what they were trying to do in the second half of the season. And then the Bears started to push him and they said, all right, let, you know, shape up here. We got to we got to hold on to the two seed here. I don't think they fear going into New Orleans. I think that without Todd Gurley, they were slightly diminished despite the contributions of C.J. Anderson. And I think that that uh, week off that they had between 17 and the divisional round was helpful to them. And I believe in the boy genius still. And I believe that that's why half the league is falling all over themselves to get it. And I think that that amounts to a victory against a Saints team that can definitely bang you with Kamara and Ing- or uh, with Ingram and then uh, and devastate with 41 um, picking you apart like a high-end James White might. The, the X factor is Drew Brees has just not been hitting that deep ball for two months now. That's, that's not a coincidence. Seems like that's a, 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 a trend. trend going uh, south for him. Well, here's kind of what what I came to, right? Because we did see this already. Uh, This is a rematch. And in the first meeting, I mean, both teams were exceptional offensively, right? Goff throws for three touchdowns and a pick and nearly three, I think, over 350 yards. Uh, Drew Brees throws for nearly 400 yards and and four touchdowns and no picks. Um, The defenses are both great. Aaron, I mean, if you think about Aaron Donald just coming straight up the gut, that's the pressure that Brees can't afford to have in his lap. And now you combine that with with Andrews Pete, you know, Mm -hmm. it it being revealed that he's dealing with an injury. And you saw what happened with Fletcher. Cox um, and then you have the the Saints defense is number two against the run so it's kind of like everything matches up right you have a weapon on the outside in or a, a receiver in Michael Thomas that can just wreck you uh, by himself the Rams of course with that passing attack and play action pass and the brilliant play calling of Sean McVay can do the same you've got a brilliant play caller in Sean Payton it's all even right mm-hmm. so you mentioned Breeze and his issues with the deep ball as of late but who would you rather have like if, if, if everything is now equal, yep, yep. That, and that's that's kind of what I finally settled on. Like every point you made, I don't know if you could see me in the monitor. I'm shaking my head. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And and I mean, for the fourteen and a half million dollars they gave and got they gave in Dominican Sue and, and was a complete waste of the season. That fourth and one play saved the that, that was it. That's your fourteen million dollar check. It was worth every penny when he stopped Zeke on that fourth and one. And that was him shedding a tackler and dropping him behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, that was worth it. And you wonder if that's kind of a play that then boosts him and that whole defense to realizing, you know, that they can become more than the individuals that they are and the sum of their parts. Um, but I just I just kind of settled on that. I'm like, OK, I feel like this is so even. Who would I rather have in the NFC championship game, Drew Brees or Jared Goff? And I just slightly lean toward breeze. I hear you. That's a great logic in the QB league, all that. Bucky Brooks made a great analogy 
uh, one week ago going into that game. I said, I bet you that Wade Phillips can have those guys flip a switch to some degree and shut down the run, not go and get the hero sacks, not uh, be in a competition amongst themselves to get sacks. That's kind of what I'm alluding to with second half of the season. All right, we're listen, we're the story of the NFC. We're on a roll. Maybe they took their foot off the gas just a little bit or we're in a position to do exactly that. But Wade would flip a switch. Bucky said, Dave, have you ever laid bricks? And I said, of course not. He said, what if I told you to go do it right now? Would you be able to do it? I said, no. That was the logic of why Aaron Donald and Sue and company wouldn't be able to do it. But I think you can scheme to take away Mark Ingram. And if you do that, then the X factor, I think in this one, is is Kamara. If, if, If he just destroys him, if they have no answer to that all day long, I mean, you know, he is one of the... Um, difference-making players of the last two years in the NFL. He's my he's my concern, but I am going to stick with the Rams. To me, they have been the better team over the course of the season. I say they prove it in the Superdome in the I NFC. No problem game. with that. All no, right, do no we, problem with that. Emma VP, do we want to debut the song now, or do we want to jump to the AFC first? Um, let's put debut it now since we just talked Rams. Okay, let's do it. I, this might hurt Money's feelings, though. He's now, a Chargers make it, wonk. break it? Is this uh, make it, take it? Is I've this, never uh, heard it. I, 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 all I asked for, and by the way, I said the one-man house, man, house band Dick Banks, he's got a new muse, or does she have a new muse in Dick Banks? Either way, the uh, the lyricist on this number, one Emma VP behind the oh, glass. Here it is, this? the debut. Get right, Rams fans, for the Superdome. It's the debut of the Rams fight song. Hey. There we go. I can see that pumping through the Coliseum stands. First two. Come and knock them down. Here in Tinseltown. And Aaron Donald, we trust. It's the Super Bowl or bust. Let's go, Rams Array for LA. Let's go, Rams Array for LA. Only 52 LA. players to go. Yeah, oh, that's oh, it. Oh, no, that oh, was no. it. Oh, was there a bridge? <laughs> then excellent, Emma VP. Excellent, well Dick Banks. Well and, done. Uh, I applaud. An excellent uh, season, L.A. Rams. You deserved a fight song there. Well done, Dick Banks. You remain um, uh, top of the mountain in my book. All right. Now to the AFC side of things, Matt Money Smith. No one believes in the Your Patriots. Turn. I, I got a flag, so you got to choose this because right. I want to see. And just know whatever you pick, I'm going to pick the opposite because I want to throw this. Uh, this is, I believe, a... Cardinals Little League sock from my uh, ah, daughter when she was playing I thought Little maybe MOVP went the extra mile and FedExed you one for the, yeah. uh, for the title game Red Challenge flag picks. Here we go. It's the New England Patriots. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl 53 journey on the line. Damashek chooses. Andy Reid and the Chiefs get it. Uh, can I throw it anyway, even though I agree with you? Sure. Here we go. Ready? I just threw it at you. <laughs> I just stunk <laughs> you in the nose. There you go. Um, all right, yeah, money. Break you. it down. Why are you taking these Chiefs? 
Speed, speed kills, man. Mm-hmm. And that's, I just don't know how they keep up with, uh, with Tyree kill and with Pat Mahomes extending plays. And again, just kind of watching what was available to Phillip rivers on the outside in those one-on-one matchups and routinely seeing Mike Williams break open and Keenan Allen break open. And as good as Stefan Gilmore has been all season and even looked to some degree in that game. And he traveled with, with Allen for a while and had shut him out for a little bit, but only after he got worked on one of those routes mm-hmm. that led to a wide open touchdown. Um, I just think Mahomes going to be able to take care of that and and really, you know, and, and, and this is so, you know, what happens when I do these red challenge flag picks, right? I start contradicting myself as I provide my analysis, because the one problem with the Chiefs defensively is dealing with that heavy personnel. And I watched James Devlin and Sony Michelle wreck the interior of that Chargers line. And if you want to run right at long and get into that second level, uh, there is certainly a lot of hay to be made there. But I just envision Mahomes and Andy Reid able to take advantage of those outside one-on-one matchups that the the Patriots like to play, uh, specifically on their home turf and not in Foxborough, to to edge out the the Pats and make their way to Atlanta. I'm with you. You're not the first person uh, that what I think you're hinting at there is that the Chargers weren't built to, or or I mean obviously they'd like to be built this way. It's hard to acquire this sort of talent that can defeat guys one-on-one. The Chargers currently as constructed don't have those pieces the Chiefs obviously do the Patriots defense cannot handle guys one-on-one if they're put into that spot too many well actually I'll say Dave I I think they do I think the Chargers did have it which is what made it so frustrating is that when they did take advantage of it I, I mentioned it I mean in their 10 first half first downs they had five passes to the outside that went for an average of 20 yards um, and a passer rating of 140. I don't know why they didn't continue to attack it. They huh. were so committed to that run game, and yet those opportunities were there. And you know Andy Reid, he's just going to keep going. And if you decide to to give, the, give them a little bit of room, he'll screen you to death because I watched him do that against the Chargers twice, once with Kareem Hunt and once with Damian Williams. So he's kind of got that balance that I think – He's so good at play calling, you know, that that he'll be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, as long as the ghosts of whatever's plagued him in the postseason, as long as Patrick Mahomes doesn't find the spot too big, and if somehow, you know, and you'll hear this with James Jones, we're doing it a little out of order here, but he weighs in on how frigid temps affect the QB. He says it's not as much about the QB, spoiler alert, it's more about the pass catchers who struggle with it. But I do think that that, I mean, you know, physics says that the football doesn't travel as far in cold air. And, may I, you know, Phil Rivers did underthrow by just a tick. Uh, Mike Williams a couple times there. Mike Williams dropped one that he should have had early on there. One. You know, but the combo of Mahomes' arm and and um, Tyreek's speed, and not to mention Sammy Watkins' speed. I'm with you, and I think as long as, and this is easier said than done, as long as they can do what they've done all year, which is get ahead early in the game, and then they're not they're they're a deeply flawed defense. But if they can get ahead and unleash the hounds on old man Brady, he's not going to want to take a shot, you know. And that's the other thing. I know that's old school Terrell Suggs, Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers kind of mentality. But if they can hit Brady and smack them good, even if it costs them 15 early. You know, I it, sure. the evidence seems to be there this year and, and earlier. He, like than, hit. he just doesn't like getting hit. Nobody yeah. does, but if he's old and it's cold and all that, I don't know. I could see that uh, that might have a little bit of an impact on, uh, on uh, the GOAT there.
Yeah, I know the the temperatures are fluctuating, right? Originally, they were like, oh, it could be negative five. And now they're saying it could be as high as 30. So I don't oh, know what really? it's going to look like. Yeah, they're saying that this Arctic, you know, whenever it snows, it, especially if it's a, a, a blizzard like that, it typically isn't that cold, right? You just can't have that kind of snowfall right. in frigid temperatures. So the one thing that they told me, because it was 20 uh, on the field. And so I was asking everyone last week, okay, how does this? And they said, there's no wind. It's no, There's no difference whatsoever. If there's no huh. wind and no precipitation, consider all things equal they said now the one thing and this speaks to what you were mentioning about james jones they said if you're a receiver and it's really cold and you can't get your hands to warm up then yeah that ball can feel like it's a you know it's a laser coming through your hand so that's Mm -hmm. where maybe pat mahomes who really zings that thing you know where that weather could come into play if it's really cold if he can't take enough off of that and the receivers have issue catching but it didn't seem like that was the case last week yeah travis uh, he kelsey. did miss some throws last week but you know i mean that kelsey catch was ridiculous yeah well kelsey keep your hands warm because he's the one who's going to be having to catch those fastballs all right great stuff as always matt money smith we look forward to catching up with you sooner rather than later um we do have and we're going to hold it in honor of uh, matt money smith two items one a new kent brown's mom voicemail oh, yes, and please. two handsome is abroad once again handsome hank so we'll also hold off on the story of why handsome found me so thoroughly unlikable when we <laughs> when we first met a decade ago so we'll we can do that next week well we'll do that when matt money smith and handsome hank are both assembled i got here. you all okay. right uh, great stuff matt money uh we appreciate you go listen to him am 570 with petros Thanks, and money, the finest radio show in all the land and uh, uh free money with uh cynthia um Game Theory and Money. See, I, I have to think for a second there. That's the name of the show. Anyway, the go. great Matt Money Smith, everybody, the voice of your Chargers. All right, excellent. Now, uh, Eddie Spaghetti, I want to hear your thoughts here. Give us uh, give us your picks here for this game. I'm I'm getting all – I don't think Emma – I would ask Emma VP, but I don't think she cares. Her Steelers are done. <laughs> she said, you're right. She doesn't care. The Steelers are done. She's upset about Levy and Bell not being on the Steelers. She has no game picks. Uh, well, like I said in our our stream, our video uh, head and shoulders streaming show, I, I picked yesterday. Um, I picked the Chiefs to win at home versus the Patriots. I just feel like they're going to be able to kind of like what Money said. The Mahomes extending plays and how he won last week. They won last week with them just running the ball like Mahomes and I have to throw five touchdowns and be Patrick Mahomes that we've seen all year, the probable MVP. So I think if if it comes down to him having to make plays, he's going to do that, uh, whether it's with his feet or it's through the air. So I like them in that game and to switch over to the NFC. Um, I guess Maurice convinced me earlier in the week saying it's a better matchup for them. Um, having, you know, being able to stop the run, having two of the greatest, you know, defensive tackles I've seen in my lifetime in Donald and Sue, uh, having CJ Anderson now helps the team a whole heck of a lot, uh, especially to, to give Gurley some rest. Cause who knows if he's actually truly 100% healthy. He uh, looked good though. In, uh, he was fine. In he was great. Coliseum. I mean, uh, I could have probably ran that ball during that game and, and, and carved up the Cowboys, but, uh, I, Ooh. I like them. I like them a lot versus the saints as well. I think they'll actually win by a larger margin of victory than the chiefs will win over the, the, the Patriots. So uh, I'll say Rams, Rams 34, Saints 24, and I'll go Chiefs 31, 28, and an nail-biter. Hmm. I, I'm rooting for, if nothing else, let's get two gems, right? Let's get two dandy title games. I'm also pleased to say that no matter who wins these games, we have a pretty compelling Super Bowl awaiting us. The only bad thing well, uniform-wise is the Patriots because it'll be AFC's the road team, so they'll wear their, their ugly white jerseys. Not the white jerseys aren't so ugly. It's the Navy pants. They don't look good against either the Rams or uh, 
or the the Saints. But I, you know, you do think about if we once we get the story of of Sunday night, Monday morning. Think about what those storylines could be. If it's the Chiefs finally, after 50 years away, are back in the Super Bowl with the phenom and presumed MVP going against old man Drew Brees looking for one more ring and so on, and the, the, the great Saints story and that fan base that they have down there and what that would do to Atlanta for one week uh, coming up here with the as those two great fan bases descend upon Atlanta. That would be fun. If the Rams get there with Sean McVay and that high power, team we've kind of lost way of what uh, like I was saying the money there of how good the Rams have been we kind of you know then we got distracted by some other Lamar Jackson and uh, the melodrama in Pittsburgh and all that jazz but the Rams are the power of the NFC even though they they lost that game in New Orleans as far as I'm concerned I think they've been the better team they were were great all year long I think a lot of NFL fans and sometimes I get sucked into it too is like you have like this prisoner of the moment mentality where you forget like what they were doing mid-season and they were so good and we saw them in person on the field like that game versus the Chiefs was an amazing game and shows you how great they are offensively. Yeah, but we, also, that's the easy one. Oh, Chiefs, Rams, yeah, do over. I from, want another from, one of that. Yeah. That would be great. That game had offense and defense. But if you get, but also if you have Brady, I don't want Brady or Reese. I'm bored of that. Oh, I'm bored of that. I'm sorry, I'm bored of that. It, the NFL's time to move on. Let's get the young guns in there. Let's get Goff. Let's get Mahomes. There are two likable guys. Everyone McVeigh is like, is what's hot in the streets right now. Everyone wants a part of McVeigh. Brady and Reese, I, I just like okay, whatever. All right, you can argue it in the in the the in the space all you want, but it could happen. And I know I do, it could happen, yeah. But there's there's Patriot fatigue, and I think I get it. But uh, but but I but I do think that versus uh, a week of Brady v Foles or Brady v even Eli, with all due respect, these guys, you know, in a quarter century from now, and I was talking about this with uh, David Feeney on uh, Dave's of Thunder, uh, which you can track down. Big fan. Wherever you find your favorite podcast there, you can also find the broadcast there. I actually I stumbled into my uh, witch point with uh, that Belichick might be a witch with uh, with Feeney, and I want to share it with the world as much as I can because I think that might be true. Anywho, Brady v. Breeze. Once we get we're talking about prisoners of the moment. Brady's the best. Don't compare anybody to him. 25, 30 years from now, the ring count and all that notwithstanding, you'll look back and you'll be like, well, those are two of the very best to ever play in the league and all that kind of stuff. If they go head to head, it'll be satisfying. Maybe not right now, because like you say, we have a little bit of fatigue with it. We'll look back and say, wow, that was awesome that these two 40 year old guys went to the Super Bowl and played each other in the respective twilights of their career. Yeah, but I, I, and I'm not I'm not arguing any of that. I totally agree with you. They're two of the all time greatest. Brady's arguably the greatest. Uh, the Patriots dynasty probably won't ever be matched by any team in the, the future of the NFL. That being said, uh, like I, we, Breeze has already won. Brady's won a bunch of times. Why can't we? If LA wins selfishly, it's great for us. We're in the same city as them winning. It, it might. Well, we, especially since now we can take credit for it by inspiring them with a fight song. Exactly, and uh, and to see that happen in the city we live in would be great. And then on the flip side, if the Chiefs do get a chance to win, uh, you know they haven't really been in this position in, in a very long time, and to see them win, it's like maybe now it's a changing of the guard. Is Mahomes the 
Brady of the future and he's going to start this you know mini dynasty in Kansas City and be the, the you know they're the the team that dominates the AFC for the next decade like that would be fun to see that kind of transform into a new storyline so I guess I'm I completely agree that. yeah I mean that's a, that's definitely the way I'm uh, rooting that's for sure but I have no powers to make it so I think that you know relatively speaking if you look back at some past Final Fours this one definitely is pretty ironclad whoever gets there it's going to be an interesting um, conversation for the fortnight leading up to it. I think uniform wise, I think if the Saints, because they are the NFC is the home team, they, if the Saints wear the black jerseys, I think the gold pants will go better if the Chiefs wear the white jerseys and the red pants. That's going to be a very, very strong uniform matchup if we get that. Of course, if we get the Rams and they go with the throwback that they've yeah, been wearing a lot to. this year and they go again. The only bad. Are they allowed, though? Or isn't there a rule about you have to wear your exact home or your exact away? You can't wear. I'm not positive what the what the story. I know is other playoff systems. I know like the NHL playoffs. You have to choose your two jerseys, your 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 color jersey and your white jersey. Well, before. wait a second. They already wore it, but the Rams wore it last week against the Cowboys. So why wouldn't they be allowed to do it again? I don't know. The if there's Super Bowl is a different rule. I'm not sure. Well, could they wear I, the yellow, the all yellow again? Ooh, that'd be fun. Versus if they play the Chiefs with the white with the red pants. I'd, I'd be fine with that. All right. The only bad one is the Navy pants. Of the That's the only Everything bad Everything about uniform the Patriots of... would be bad. <laughs> Boy, but it's spaghetti, really. They're, they're, strong I'll say this. No one believes in them, the so Chiefs, don't worry. The Chiefs, if they, I'd be, I would be surprised if the Chiefs lost. I would not be surprised if the Rams lost. I'll say that. I think the Chiefs are a clearly better team. I think the, the Patriots kind of just give everything they after had all I've told the Chargers. You, after everything I've told you I'm going about the right curse now. of Sposta, Anti, anti-Patriots. you don't think that that kid's going to run out onto the field with the weight of a football no. city no. on his shoulders? No. He's too talented. 50 years, no. he's not, he doesn't feel nope. the angst of the fan base no he's he's right. he's and by the way andy reed has had so been in some big spots and he that's going to weigh on him as well it's any it's any reed's time to shine and i don't i oh, Pat, oh i didn't mahomes know. is almost too talented for it to even matter about what goes on upstairs like he's the guy i've never seen anything like tell that. it to aaron Rodgers. i was talking uh, to somebody uh, the other day i was talking to somebody yesterday and somebody just casually threw out what you hear all the time they said i said mahomes this is a big spot for him talking about this very thing and and somebody said um, a, a, a deeply informed uh, football insider just casually threw out, uh, if he doesn't get it this year, I mean, don't worry, you know, that guy's going to win multiple Super Bowls for that for that franchise. Don't worry about it. I, did, do you know about Dan Marino and the sophomore year he had two generations ago? What are you talking about? No one is guaranteed anything. It's a big spot for him. If he is aware, as he seems to be, of history, he surely knows of what happened to Dan Marino. And if he doesn't and he wins this game, he's certainly going to hear about Dan Marino know for the next two weeks no i think the young, he's a young kid he's younger than me i think the it almost helps him in a sense like i us, I, I do this agree millennial with mindset if of you like, can shut it all out yeah though. he has he he's probably right now like playing video games or whatever he's practicing he's not he's not like reading newspaper articles and and like walking around the city of you know walking around kansas city and seeing everyone with a 15 you know jersey in red saying like man you got a winner for us we really need you to like he's not doing that he's he'll he'll be fine no, instead he's just hearing every. He's he hearing doesn't. all. He's, he's, he's like, hearing he, he all the listen, stories no. about Bono and no, he's Gerbach and Kenny no. and uh, and Montana even. No, Mahomes is not putting on local radio. He's listening to music oh. or a podcast. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, oh, not, oh, I didn't know spaghetti happening. was uh, the Mahomes whisper. He knows I'm, what he's up to. That's in his my that's time. my theory on millennial uh, athletes. Now they're just it's a different it's a different era. They're not consuming like the old uh, the other athletes used to do it. I don't think that's the case. Like the headlines, like he doesn't see a newspaper. He doesn't know. 
Right. I mean, that's interesting. Just don't log Seated in Twitter. right behind you is, uh, is your pal Martin. Yes, correct. And he's a he's a Saints wonk. He might uh, want to push back on that a little bit. Do you have anything to, to uh, push back there on your pal Spaghetti? Just about everything. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I did pick against well, the Saints. NFC, so I don't blame on him. the NFC side, just about everything. AFC side, I'm in with. I'm with money, too. Speed kills, but... The NFC side, I don't see how you guys can sit here and say the Rams were the best team all year when I they know lost they to beat, the best team I get in the it. NFC. I get it. They did. They lost that head-to-head, so it does seem that foolish to, to make that state. No, because I'm, I'm talking about the body of work. Oh, I, I Obviously, the head-to-head is a, is a tough one to overcome in an argument um, between these two teams. I'm just saying the body of work for the Rams, they have been a consistent force this season. And the Saints, despite the record, have felt uneven. And even in December, you saw those games. I, I guess I just I I missed the inconsistency in the were Saints. You, you they, were impressed were, by how the Saints. You thought this is the no, best team in the league, right there. When you uh, watch the Saints in December, the only time, or I even against the Eagles. No, against the Eagles after after they went down after they uh what after seven minutes left in the first quarter, yeah, I felt that way. After the Eagles uh, went up fourteen points, but no, uh, outside of the Dallas game. And the last game of the year where they... And Pittsburgh, who definitely had them beat. But Pittsburgh, I mean, all right, fine. So that's one. But outside of the Dallas game, like, I don't see any moment where... And Pittsburgh was fighting for their playoff lives at the point. That's a proud organization. That's all you say. Yeah, they're all playing for stuff. These games were important to Pittsburgh and the Dallas and the Philadelphia. And they and, and all of them, the, the, in none of those games did I, did I watch, did I think, whew, <laughs> look out for that! Uh, look out for that Saints team. I wouldn't want to play them. But but you'll sit up and watch the Rams give up fifty four points to, because uh, to the, the Colts I believe, or not to the Colts to the Chiefs, and then have this whole oh this is the best team in football. The Patriots, if you carve them out again because of the aforementioned witchcraft that their head coach applies each season, if you remove them from the mix and just look at how other teams get it done, your stars must be your stars in January, and I buy. Aaron Donald and Todd Gurley taking care of business in the big spot. Aaron Donald's the best defensive player of the 21st century. I think that he has a chance to be the difference maker uh, in that matchup going against Drew Brees trying to throw the ball. Now, if I'm wrong, I bet you that the number one reason I am is is because of 41. I think I think Kamara can disrupt anything any team wants to do. There's nothing you can do. I don't think that uh, aside from, you know, just completely giving up on uh, stopping Michael Thomas, I don't know uh, to sell out to, to stop 41. I don't know really what the answer is to that. You could, you could James White, if Jay, if Tom Brady and James White can pick you apart uh, for 60 minutes, surely Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara have that available to them whenever they want it. I'd say uh, for me, it just gets down to, I think the Saints are the only team left carving out the witchcraft Patriots that can win a game. 45 to 40, and they can also win a game 17 to 10. You know, so Sheldon Rankins isn't too big an absence for you? It is big. And honestly, uh, Andrews Pete's left, uh, I think he broke, broke his, his left hand. Right. That's big too, with especially dealing with Aaron Donald and Sue. But That's, no, yeah. man, I, there's nothing. No, I just don't understand the narrative of how the Saints are just have fallen off down the stretch. I just. I, I, I mean, I watch, it's relatively speaking. I didn't, didn't say they turned into the Bengals or anything. I'm just saying that they were not uh, – they didn't look as high-end as they looked in, let's say, October to mid-November when they really just had their foot on the gas and were obliterating any uh, any and all comers. Well, I guess I, what happened when Todd Gurley got hurt? And they – I mean, they luckily found a C.J. Anderson. Over That's right. 
But I'm saying before then, it was like, oh, the Rams offense, what's happening? Is Cooper Cup this important? He is. I think that's like, a huge loss, actually. Because he did so much in their offense. That's that's the one piece, I think. If they had, if the Rams had Cooper Cup, I would feel a lot more confident versus the Saints. Because I think this, the Saints could pretty much score a will. And that's the other thing, too, is like both defenses are pretty... Uh, statistically speaking, not great, but the Rams defense has players who I trust more to make bigger plays than the Saints defense. You have both the defensive tackles. You, you traded for Dante Fowler for a reason. Both cornerbacks. If like Peters picks you off, it picks Breeze off, you know, once or twice. That's it. Changes that's it. the entire game. That's exactly. Spaghetti said it. That's exactly right. The, the, the notion that Marcus Peters can be had. Yeah, yeah, that's always been true. If he makes one play in this game, in a 60-minute game, as tight as, as those things are, I think that that could swing it. Marcus Peters could emerge from this one as as uh, as a large uh, a large hero for Rams fans. I just guess in in, in the evidence that of the 60 minutes that we have, what moment in that game did you think Marcus Peters was going to make a play? Because he was getting eight alive the whole game. Well, he, he talked the talk, so we'll see if he'll, he'll walk the walk now. I mean, he was. Talk- I can't imagine a time in Marcus Peters' life where he wasn't having something to say. I just, I imagine he was talking prior to that and got right, dusted and was talking post is. to it. I, I don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying, I just don't. There's nothing that I've seen between these two teams where I would say, oh, Marcus Peters is going to be the answer to this, or Dante Fowler. It would be Aaron Donald, and I, I, I'm worried about the offensive line and Aaron Donald because oh. Michael Bennett and Fletcher Cox had that's an incredible right. amount of pre- penetration that's exactly towards right. the end of that's the That's exactly right, and I will mention it because I've mentioned it consistently for three weeks now. The curse of Sposta is not on Jared Goff. He has no pressure whatsoever going in there. No one's looking at him like, you better be the man or else we ain't going anywhere, Jared. It's on Sean McVay is who it's on. There's, not, there's no player outside of perhaps Marcus Peters who feels – uh, who's going to feel some some hardcore pressure to make the big play in this one? Drew Brees will have that. I don't know, you know. And he sees the. I just turned forty. I don't know. This might be my last go around. He's not going to be easy breezy out there. I do, I do wonder though how Eddie. You got it easy breezy, Emma, because his name is Breeze. That was solid gold. I loved it. That was so good. Thank you. I do wonder how Eddie can say he's tired of 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 Drew Brees' millions of Super Bowl appearances. Well, I, don't I didn't say that at all. You said you were tired of Breeze and Brady. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like the old guard. I said I want the new guard, and I want Goff and Mahomes to be. I, I want to hear more about them. I want to see them in every commercial or whatever, uh, every coverage news story. I, I, I want that. I don't want the same old, uh, same old. That's basically what it is. Do you think? Do you agree, Martin? You're a millennial as well. Do you agree with Spaghetti's assessment that Patrick Mahomes has, doesn't read a newspaper and doesn't listen to the not. radio. Well, he may not read the newspaper, listen or doesn't to the walk radio. on the streets. I don't know what. What? How does Patrick Look. Mahomes fill his waking hours? Spaghetti. Now I'm. Now I don't know <laughs> if he's not doing any of those things. What is well, he? Doing? He doesn't at all. But I'm saying it's very easy for people today, of my age or younger, to avoid that kind of stuff. If you're just like not on Twitter, you're not on social media. You're That's much funny. Avoid it. it's, I, it's funny because you might be right because there's so, but. It, it doesn't sound logical what you're saying because uh, everything is everybody's on their phones constantly. Yeah. Set. Everybody has social media now. It's it, you can't avoid it. But to but to your point, and when I was growing up, there were a couple of stations. They would only talk about the same things, you know, locally. So it would be about the playoff games and the radios are all buzzing about that. You couldn't avoid it. 
I guess you could conceivably go on Netflix and just watch TV for a week. And if I may, it. it's probably yeah. easier to willfully ignore things in this day and age, but I just don't imagine that that's happening because I, Patrick Mahomes, look what Dave Damasek said about you or whoever is making news. and headlines. Yeah, that's right. Even if they don't want to hear about it, somebody's going to go in there and say, hey, did you hear what uh, Brady told uh, Boston, blah, 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 this? What do you think? He's hearing it whether he wants to or not. I don't know his level of willpower, but, I mean, if he is a, a strong, minor individual, he could avoid it and log out of his account, so I think it's possible. I was hoping Spaghetti was going to make some more assumptions. No, Patrick Mahomes shuts that off. He does, when somebody does that, he puts his fingers in his ears and he goes, la, 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 are you done talking? Because I don't let myself hear any of that. He doesn't come across as a guy to me that gets rattled. Like, you made the Rodgers comparison before, but I think, like, Rodgers has had some, like, kind of, like, lash-outs at the media before, like, the whole relaxed thing. Spelling. Like, he... Something is going on in his brain where he feels the need to go out and say that Mahomes just kind of, you know, the only new stories that I think with him this year were like his weird voice and him liking catch up on everything. Like, that's really it. To me, that's like a guy who does not care about the weather, does not care about. It really sounds like you just described me there. Um, yeah. Weird yeah. voice and likes ketchup. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't want somebody Mahomes who likes, and I have a lot in common. I don't want somebody who likes ketchup on anything winning Super Bowls. Hunt's ketchup, mm, nonetheless. That, that's, oh, that's right. It's Hunt's ketchup. That's where we part ways. Got to go Heinz there, friend. Uh, spaghetti, by the way, how was the big uh, the big show you went to on Wednesday night in Los Angeles hosted five, by Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah, it was five hours long. Uh, it was five long. hours five, long? Yeah, 7.30 at 1230. Um, it was it was uh, interesting. It was it wasn't great. I don't know. I, I think tribute shows are weird because um, you, you go there and you're like, oh, wait, I, you should probably just. It was a Chris Cornell. Yes, yeah, for Chris show. Cornell. And you rather just hear him sing the songs and you realize like, oh, no one can sing like him. So that's like, why am I here? But then the flip side, it was it was great to see people want to perform his stuff and to see bands I've never seen before. Who was the best? Audio slave, without a doubt. Really? Yeah, they're just seeing them reunite was was crazy to see. Worst Tom name Rowe. for a halfway decent band that I can think of, right? Is there oh. another candidate for that one? Your friend Kimmel though did tell a good story about them that the only two there was only one time or twice in the history of the Kimmel show to have uh, the L.A. riot team block off the streets outside the studios, uh, and that was for when they played because they're there. It were, was one of the great experiences of working at the Kimmel. Oh, show. wow, you were there. That's awesome. They we went up to the roof. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a, a three-story building on, on Hollywood Boulevard, and they had it blocked off from Hollywood Boulevard sure. to Orange Drive, that uh, little, mm -hmm. you know, what is that, about I know like an is, eighth yeah. of a mile yeah, yeah. or thereabouts, um, completely blocked off to traffic, and it filled up but good. It was jam-packed, and so we stood up on the roof instead of getting into mixing with the masses. You know, I don't like eye contact with average people. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I stood up high, and we could look down, and it, it, was, it was just a trip to see and by the end of it it's a good thing the riot, <laughs> the riot uh, cops were there because people started getting sideways with things and uh, <laughs> they had to go and disperse the crowd but yeah it was an awesome show and Cornell and those guys I, I, the, great band bad name like I say well I'm not going to go great band but good band who was the, uh, the most the person most out of place at the tribute concert. Well, like Miley Cyrus was out of place, but she performed pretty like she was great. She has some voice. Uh, on her, Metallica huh? was way out of place. They pl they played too many of their own songs, and people were like, "What's going on with this?" They played their own. <laughs> they music? played for whom the bell tolls and Master of Puppets, and then James Hetfield made some like weird like comment about how he's like we only like the first record like Soundgarden's Ultra Mega Okay which is like not really a popular one amongst the you know the, the casual Soundgarden fans so people are like what's going on with this guy and that took up a lot of time and it, it didn't go over well but everything bad motor finger where uh, bad motor fingers where it's at the um how was Perry Farrell he was bad 
He was bad. Yeah, he had no. He has no voice left. He's a little. Uh, he he performed with Audio Slave too. He had he has no voice. That ruined one of the Audio Slave songs too. It's just again that ooh. proves my point of like you need Chris to sing. Well, this, yeah, he his voice it's gone, trying yeah. to do Chris Cornell bad. songs. Julia so. Lewis, same thing. Not a singer. Tried it to sing. Was pretty bad. The actress, Julia the actress, Lewis. yeah, it was, it was, uh, it, it, part of it was a little too Hollywood for me, and that's why I was like, uh, I probably now knowing like what I've seen, I probably wouldn't have gone, just mm. because it, it, it's like it leaves a weird taste in your mouth. That being said, like you feel for the guys who were part of the bands he was with, like Temple of the Dog, Soundgarden, those guys. Are you more mad at uh, Metallica or the Patriots? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, if the Patriots no winners. If the Patriots if the Patriots lose, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll be fine with the Patriots for okay. l- losing. So right now, Metallica and Juliet Lewis are on my my. Uh, as long crap as they list. don't selfishly annoy you for uh, yeah. for another football season, yeah. I yeah. see. Um, I uh, yeah, I saw I saw Jane's Addiction about 20 years ago live. You know, they well passed uh, the the height of their powers, and nevertheless, they were awesome. Dave Navarro. Was oh great. yeah, you know he's turned himself into a caricature of a uh, of a rock star over the years too. TV guy, he was great, there, yeah. and Perry Farrell was great. It was dynamite. He created Lollapalooza too, so I mean they're fine in terms of the rock like culture. They're they're great, but yeah, his voice was uh, his voice was totally shot, and like just try to do the high notes. It's like oh my god. Not, not for me. All right. See, this is this is uh, this is to whet the appetite of uh, those listeners who say, "What are you going to talk about after the Super Bowl?" This kind oh, of yeah, stuff. Oh yeah, plenty of stuff. Yeah. yeah, we got the game of life, game of music. Matt Money Smith, an expert, if there ever was one. See, we'll chop it all up. We'll keep it going there. Do we want to play? I told Money we wouldn't play the Kent Brown, uh, Kent Brown's mom's voicemail. We'll save it. Emma wants to save it. You want to save it? All right, let's do that. And instead, let's now get to our guy. Uh, well, actually, very quickly, Kyler Murray's on the market. He's a first-round pick. I, this nonsense, I just want to yeah, say. He's a first-rounder. I just, why do we do this every year? And I say it on this show, which leads me to believe that some people who talk about draft-related matters don't listen to this show as, as consistently <laughs> as they need to. Why do we every year? Oh, he's not a first grade. Yeah, but but by the way, in the middle of the season, oh he yo that that kid. If he decides so, you know he'll write his own ticket in the NFL. He'll go where he wants. You know, and now now we're past that. So now it's well he's not. Come on, you know he's not a first round talent. He's too short. Here, let, let me show you all his flaws. I'll go to the combine. We'll see what happens there. By the end of it, he is a first round pick. Why do we have to do this? Ten now? years every ago, year every, we do that every year. Well, ten years ago, he probably he would have like not even been drafted. It's like oh, spread offense, Big Twelve, undersized. He's not our you know prototypical pocket passer. We want a guy who's six foot five and stands in there. It's like now you want a Kyler Murray. It's crazy how quick the NFL changes and it's like a copycat type of league because Russell Wilson success because of Drew Brees success because of Baker Mayfield especially playing at Oklahoma and being undersized as well that helps him a ton uh I'm not sure if he goes ahead of Haskins but teams always want a quarterback and they want the guy who's electric and he'll go in the first round yeah you know the no jive policy requires that I point out I haven't watched a lot of Oklahoma I didn't get to watch a ton of college football in 2018 but looking at the the kid he does seem very short I don't know how but as long as there's the Doug Flutie um, you know, as people look back 20 years later, they look and say, you know, Doug Flutie actually didn't get a fair shake in the NFL. As long as that 
example exists. I think that there will be some team. I I, 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 be, I would bet almost anything that he will be a first round pick. Where sure. that will be, I don't know. He won't. Some teams will write him off because of the height, but he's going in the first round. He'll go in the first round, him. but height and weight. I mean, he is. He is. He's tiny. He's small five nine. Baker. Yeah, he's 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 tiny. And then you not Baker. He's not. I mean, no, he's taller, shorter than yeah. Russell or Breeze or anybody else. The only comp is really. And then the guy Flutie. The other, and the other guy who's going to go high in the first round as a quarterback is Haskins, who's like six three, six four. Like two thirty. All right, you get to choose. It's spaghetti. Who do you want? It's Haskins, no question. Of course, his stats were very impressive. You look, I mean, and he played in the Big Ten, which is a better defensive conference than the Big Twelve. I mean, fifty touchdown passes, like seven or eight interceptions, like seventy percent completion percentage. People were going crazy about Darnold last year and the Pac-12, which is more of a passer-friendly conference. Like his stats crushed Darnold. So all those people who are anti Saquon Barkley and pro Darnold, look at Haskins. That's okay. what I'll say. All right. If that works out, then that's that's. But the only thing I'll say is you don't get to pat yourself on the back for that one. I'm and, not. I'm not. And Giants fans don't get to say, see, work to perfection. Yeah. By luck, because you expected. Well, um, I, I did I mean, also you can, say you can shrug, but but you thought there's the you thought the 2018 Giants were going to be a playoff factor. So you didn't think you were going to have a shot to get a top five Q, uh, QB in the top five. No, picks. because there's always there's one. There's always quarterbacks and two like David Gettleman, the GM. Now they're always running backs. So you got that wrong. No, but every draft there's quarterbacks who pan out and work. That's uh, my theory, by the way. My theory is, as you know, spaghetti, and I'll share it with uh, the the listener as well. I think we're right on the cusp of being completely full. 32, on 32. Yeah. I think we're, we're getting close to, I mean, how many cube and, and you'd play the game. We've talked about this. Joe Flacco here. Here's the example. He's going to be out on the market. How many teams are, are actually made better. If you bring in league average guy or 20th among all human beings that walk the big blue marble at playing quarterback currently, who, I mean, what, what teams does he improve? Joe Flacco, the Jags, I guess, mm. you know, it was an interesting one. The Bengals, if, if, if you could, you know, if you're, if you want to make a full on overhaul of that team, move on from Andy Dalton, that would be an interesting one. Cause he's a better fit there for the pieces they have. Assuming AJ green can come back. Um, at full speed and John Ross, if you're an optimist that his health is going to um, get better and more consistent, you know, I think that might be it. But I'm real. But but my larger point is, aren't we pretty close to everybody having a viable QB in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, super close. I mean, and, and like with Flacco, it depends on what you're asking him to do. Like if you're asking him to throw for the 35 touchdowns, he's not. But I think like Alex Smith kind of showed you the mold. If you have a good enough roster around you in terms of a running game and a defense, it's like your job is just to not throw interceptions and just slow and methodically move the ball down the field whatever way you can. Now, I, think I, I think what we've learned is you need the playmaker now. Look at the difference between Mahomes with the Chiefs Oh, well, I mean, sure. Alex but Smith. I'm saying if, you're, if your only option is Joe Flacco. But yeah, I mean, I think especially, I mean, Foles being on the market now is going to ruin that for Flacco. I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater's availability. I get Foles. I, I love the story. I just don't know how many teams that he rightly you can rightly claim oh yeah they're much better off with that guy now than what they had the jags seem to be the one example of that uh hey uh spaghetti and martin two quick questions for you that i wanted to float this one came up as well on daves of thunder but it was directed at ddfp um initially by someone on twitter and i apologize that i don't have your name in front of me and mvp you're welcome to jump in here you know but you don't have a headset so you know you gave it up so selflessly i would be interested in your thoughts here we go who would win in a fight, Martin Riggs from Lethal Weapon or John McClane from Die Hard? Who wins that fight? I'm going to put a hand up. Never seen, uh, I've never seen either of those movies. So. Wow. 
You are you are an absolute <laughs> disgrace. The correct answer is uh, John McClane. Oh, that's incorrect. I don't know what's worse. I well, I'll tell you what's worse: spaghetti. The only lethal weapon I've seen is the Lethal Weapon Five parody they do in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That is like literally it. I don't. I I don't know. I don't watch old movies. I don't get the I mean, the hype Emma, around. Emma, can you take the headset I, away from I, him? That's enough, I don't that's even think I. Today. I would bet that's my entire life and my family's like that. Emma has not seen either of those movies either. I oh, I right. I want oh. you to give her the headset right now and uh, and <laughs> offer her a retort. But, I'll tell you this, Martin Weiss. Martin Riggs would kill John McClane. He's, he's like a, he's like a special ops guy when a you know fought in the Nam. Yeah, you know? he, that's what he did back then. But in Lethal Weapon, he's like living on the beach and drunk and all. He's all drunk and loses all his. Uh, what's his what's whole John life McClane and, up to? He's a New York beat cop or whatever he is. What, what's what's yeah, his, and he what's took his, down a whole terrorist operation in Nakatomi Plaza. He's got moxie. He wasn't. He he stared down those international terrorists. But he, you know, he did a lot of it with a gun. First of all, in the hand to hand, come on, you know, really, you don't think Martin Riggs, this special ops guy, I don't know, what is he, a, uh, a seal or something like that? Yippee ki yay! That's all okay. I got to say to you, pal. That's interesting. All right, I appreciate the uh, the unvarnished thoughts there. That's a Martin going against a Martin. Emma VP. Uh, I was itching to jump in here on this one when I heard you, uh, but I did not see <laughs> Lethal Weapon, so I'm going to go with Die Hard. Because you, I've seen that one. You'd like? Did you like Die Hard? Uh, sure. Well, you don't have to like it if you don't want to. I want, what I want fine. is no jive from you. It was fine. I'm not going to watch it again. Scale of one to ten. Five. Five. Mm. It's like an average movie. Yeah. I don't not know. not atrocious. Mm-hmm. Not so memorable. I ever need to see it again. Yeah, I'm good. I don't need like a Bruce Willis action movie in my life. But that's the Bruce Willis. And it's, I don't it's need one any of them. But is there other ones? I don't need Is Die Hard? Die that's Hard a, 2. Ooh, you With know what? Vengeance. Not as good. Not but as I'm good. interested. She asked if there were more. I was just trying sure. to let her know. Um, avoid it. Die Hard ain't bad. Die Hard 2 ain't bad. Although, as I've said before, and I'll say again now, it's a little weird that John McClane and his wife, you know, literally, if, you, if you're playing the, the um, real-life chronology of it, the, the terrorists crash a British um, plane with 300 people on it. They crash it onto the runway mm-hmm. and, uh, and all perish. And then they try to do the same thing, but, they, but McLean saves the day and the plane holds his wife in it and they land. And then they're on the airfield and, the, and their literal fire still burning on the snowy airfield with, I mean, you know, with, with, you know, the unmentionable charred remains, you know, all around them. And they're cracking wise. They're like having a joke and everything like, oh, John, again, like, oh, can you believe it? Da, 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 da. What? <laughs> what kind of movie? What kind of what kind of thing is that? It's very yeah. sorry. I ruined that for you. MOVP, but Damn. I'm not worried you're going to you're going to go see that. But spaghetti, I don't know about you. What? I mean, Martin, has your esteem for spaghetti gone down considerably with that? Uh, announcement. I just know the, the movies conversation. I don't judge Eddie too much because when you go to the music, I, it's all I, I got nothing for him. You so, don't care about any of those bands that he was talking about. I've only I've heard of four, five of the ones that were just discussed there. Yeah, like Perry Farrell. I don't know who that is. Jane's Addiction. I know I've heard of them, but I didn't know Metallica. Yes. Audio Slave. Yes. Soundgarden. Yes. Okay. We're doing all right there. Um, the only one, reason I knew to ask him anything was I saw Miley Cyrus was going to be there. So that's why I asked if she was the most awkward person. Do you know, I felt it coming, but I saw something, uh, I don't know if it was uh, 
research that proved this out or what, but um, that uh, millennials now, like that rock music is just like a, a non-factor to the millennials now. Nobody, I mean, like I'm, I'm officially now, I already knew it, you know, with the gray hairs indicating that uh, the death is, uh, is approaching sooner than I wanted to. But this yeah, is sad. this is yet another indicator. Everyone likes that EDM crap and whatever. Well, it's weird. I mean, th- you know what's getting really creepy? I can, you know, like Chris Weber and Shaquille O'Neal and guys like that. It's a weird uh, thing to realize. I've just watched his entire career arc. I remember when he was a freshman. I watched him for four seasons or whatever, or three seasons, whatever, in college. Then I watched his entire lengthy, successful professional athletic career. That I felt like, wow, I'm old. Now that's like ten years ago. Now I'm really, really old. And now uh, nobody listens to any of the music I listen to anymore. What's happened? Where did it all go? I listen to. I mean, well, that's I listen to similar stuff you do. So I'm I'm different than that, most. Of the I call that enabling. But you know, it's uh, it, yeah. But it's it's weird for us too. Like the three of us, four of us sitting back here, there's like guys in MLB or the NHL who are like 17, 18 years old. Like I could yeah. almost be their dad, which is weird. Ooh, that is bad. Close, but Ooh, not really. I'm getting to a place where it's soon going to be like, I could be that, uh, that, uh, that star athlete's father. I'm going to soon be able to rightly say I could be his grandfather. I was Ooh. at Chris Paul's first game in, in the NBA. Is that true? Yeah. And now he's washed and I'm still, I'm still doing well though. I'm trying to think of yeah. Well, we could uh, go through. Uh, a mil- I, I've seen the sons of guys who whose entire career I've played, I, I've watched, and then I've seen their sons get into the league. That's sad. Once LeBron's son is in the NBA or playing it for a college program, or whatever, then I'm going to be very upset. I mean, I That's vaguely re- I, re- I vaguely recall watching Ken Griffey Senior play for the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, his son his son played what 20 years in the mm-hmm. big leagues and hasn't played in five or eight years or something like that. And uh, so that uh, another indicator that Jeez, I'm quite Dave, old. You're ancient. That's right. I am. You know what else I remember? I don't remember the uh, I, when he was great, but the greatest of all time. We should uh, we should take a moment to mention the great not maybe not even just the greatest athlete. One of along with Winston Churchill in my book, the well, I mean, there were bad influencers in the 20th century, but Winston Churchill among among great humans uh, who influenced uh, society. All right, there's Gandhi as well. I, I, I guess I'm being a little bit too uh, irreverent with that, with some stuff. But Muhammad Ali is the point. As a professional athlete, as an athlete, the impact he had on the world and the mix of, aside from what he did for society and, and, and all of that, just if you think about him in terms of the high-end talent, perhaps the greatest to ever do his thing in his sport, and the charisma and the sense of humor. Imagine Muhammad Ali if he landed in his prime in 2019. How crazy that would be. There is not a second place. We sit around here and talk all the time about how we, uh, oh, I love him because he tells the truth. You know, he, uh, that guy, he, he tells it like it is. But then as soon as anybody opens their mouth in football, shame the devil. Why is he doing that? What a bad teammate that guy is. Oh, he threw his teammates under a bus. Oh, he did, you know. I like Phil Rivers shoots from the hip and that's great. And, but Muhammad Ali with the sense of humor, and there's just never, I, there's, there's not a close second that I can think of this side of like Bruce Arians is a kind of funny guy. And Shaquille O'Neal has said some funny things over the years. Muhammad Ali is a, is a world-class comedian and writer. Those poems that he would go up there and do before big fights. 
It's it, it, it's it. Have you guys are you guys up to speed on that? You millennial. You don't know I like anything boxing. else. No I like boxing. Ali. I like no. boxing a lot. Is that your pick for a sporting event you'd want to go to most? Was Ali in his prime to see a fight in person? Ooh. Um, given all I've read about and heard about what in the ramp up at MSG to uh, Ali Frazier one, I guess that would probably that would be up there that would be for sure yeah i was thinking about that i think for me it would be tyson i wanted to spend like thousands of dollars to see a 30 second tyson fight that's like that's the funniest thing about it that would be great i mean if i do i know going into it what's going to happen well, yeah, right now you could pick. Like right now, I'm like, oh, Dave, I, you're, you're going to oh, walk in a time machine. That, you could have been at that game in gonna, your lifetime. And I'm going to send you to to see an athlete or to see a game. Like I, I, I uh, well, would probably be there. As a Pittsburgh sports fan, I would say probably Super Bowl 13 or Super Bowl 9, but probably Super Bowl 13 I'd want to be at when they beat the Cowboys for the second time. Removing or, you know what, though? Being in Forbes Field to watch Bill Mazeroski hit the home run in extras to beat your Yanks in 60 would be pretty cool too. Uh, But removing fan loyalties, I I mean, I don't know how you could be being at U.S. beating the Soviet Union in 1980 or on Sunday following Jack Nicholas around at the Masters uh, when he rallied and won won that gold green jacket at age 46. How say you? You're going. That's a really, no, 1980 uh, U.S. hockey is is good. But you'd want to be at the Eli. And you weren't alive for that. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, well, I wasn't alive in 60 either. So wait, I have to take that one back. Uh, no, I wouldn't. I already, I watched it in person. I watched it like with my, with my family. So I'm, I'm fine with how that worked out. I, I think I just, something that I would never, it'd be like Tyson. I think I just, I love watching the ESPN classic Tyson fights. Uh, maybe something with Babe Ruth, like when Babe Ruth calling a shot, just to say I, I saw Babe Ruth live in person and wear like a, a top hat and a suit to a baseball game. Like that whole vibe, I think was so cool. Like one of those old, <laughs> like the wear. polo grounds or whatever they played. Like that would be, that just the whole Feeny and I, Feeny and I talk about that all the time. We've never actually done it, but go into a getaway game at Dodger stadium, you know, when they play at noon and going in the shirt sleeves and black tie and, but they don't wear top hat. <laughs> Whatever they are, I don't know. <laughs> but that Derbies. Look, everybody wears everywhere suit and tie to to go to a baseball game. That's the best. But then it was hot, so then you have to take it off, and then you you're left in the white shirt sleeves. Everybody just looks like an IRS agent um, in the stands. But yeah, I think if you're gonna pick, you have to pick a larger than life sports like hero it has to be like an ali or it could even be a tyson it could it has to be a babe ruth ted williams i mean any sporty i'm just try, trying to go with the ones in my life i got one that's both larger oh immaculate reception in pittsburgh that would have mm. been a fun one to be at. both larger than life and i think it transcends sports but when the saints or when, when brett Favre got picked off by tracy porter in the nfc championship game and at that home game i would have loved to have been there because like you and uh, Maurice mentioned yesterday, New Orleans, or not yesterday, but on the last pod, New Orleans loves to party. And I would have loved to have been in the city being, having been from there. That would have been, that would have been a wild time. I would have, like, like Eddie said about the Super Bowl uh, with the Eli, like I watched, I watched that game with, well, I have my own memories from it, but I would have much rather have been there because no one ever thought the Saints were going to go to the Super Bowl. It, it wasn't until Tracy Porter had the ball in his hands that I thought the Saints were going to the Super Bowl. Well, him wagging his finger seems surreal. As 18's driving him down the field, all of a sudden the Indiana University product picks him off and is running down the middle of the field, wagging his finger in the air. It uh, it it, uh, it did feel otherworldly. I guess, um, yeah, well, now if we're doing that, I, I guess Super Bowl 43 
if I could be in the same spot where I was when Gerald Everett ran into the corner of the end zone at 54-51 a couple months ago, if I was in that San same Antonio spot Holmes. when San Antonio Holmes catches that touchdown pass, if he, if he basically fell at my feet with the football and I could uh, reach out for a high five to him and he would hi-hat me as well, I think that, that would be about as good as I could possibly ask for, yeah. Um, all right, that's fun. I like that. That was, uh, that was fun. Emma VP, was that all right? Or are you going to cut that whole chunk of conversation out? No, she. we're going to keep it all. It was good. Most of it? Yeah, we got two thumbs up from Emma. Really? Yeah. All right. I don't know what we're going to do. I, you know, there's a previous producer named Black Tie, and he didn't. He loved to be. He thought he was a, a cinephile himself. And I get the sense that Spaghetti also fancies himself. Is that right, Emma VP? Yeah. Eddie Spaghetti thinks he's super plugged into pop culture, but you haven't seen Lethal Weapon and Die Hard? Pop, plug into pop culture, and I haven't seen a movie from 1980 or whatever with bad... Now, gra- oh, look, look who sounds exactly they don't hold like up. Black they don't hold, they don't hold up. Yes, they do. I don't know. I don't know. I'll watch you it. You didn't even watch it, but you can make a proclamation. I saw the Die well, Hard uh, with... So what uh, did we learn from Spaghetti? Patrick Mahomes doesn't hear or see anything... <laughs> And neither does spaghetti. That's uh, that's what. Whoa, whoa, that happened in nineteen. Blah. Well, why would I care about that? I'll, I'll defend myself. I'm more of a TV guy than a movie guy. Um, okay. I will watch them and report back to you. Uh, I did see the Die Hard, the new, really new one with like Justin Long in it, and whatever. Why? Because it was on. It was. It was on. It was on home box office, so I left it on. That's why. A weirdo. I went to watches them. Uh, watches the, I the watched, fourth or fifth installation. Of I watched Raiders movie. of the Lost Ark on the plane for you to to and? see that. And I, I, I just like it doesn't hold up. It's kind of corny. What are you talking like, about? Eh. Doesn't hold up. The whole like the Dave's Thunder conversation about like George Lucas that was in my head the whole time. So that weirded me out. Like there was a lot of things about that movie. I was just like I could have done without that. I wasted two hours. You wasted your time In learning about Dr. Indiana Jones and his exploits and how he saved the planet from the Nazi scourge. That was a waste of your time. Some patriot. Yeah, I'll give you some more gray hairs. I tried to watch Roadhouse and couldn't do it. <laughs> That's in the end. That's the end. This was a mistake, Emma. You were right. <laughs> you were right all along when you were giving me those knowing, snarky glances like, cut this off. What are you doing? You were right the whole time. All right, let's get to number 89 for his breakdown of the two title games. Some legitimately interesting stuff. I hope you're listening, Tyreek Hill, because here's some advice for you and anyone else trying to catch a pass in Arrowhead. James Jones's breakdown of the NFC and AFC title games. Here we go. <laughs> Dave, Dave. All right, it's time for a special edition of Flake It or Make It, presented as always by Head and Shoulders. Why is it special? Because there are only two games to watch this weekend, <laughs> and then it. one like a fortnight after that. But uh, let's focus on these two championship yeah. games, shall we? With a guy who knows a thing or two about participating in the big game, number 89 from the Green Bay Packers. It's James Jones. What's happening, fella? What's going on, man? Well, uh, for, before we jump into the two title games, you've already made your first choice of the day between two teams. In Los Angeles, it's raining, and James Jones <laughs> had to get himself a hat to uh, yeah. avoid the elements there. You lived in, I mean, you lived in Lambeau. I mean, yeah. in the Green Bay, you're used to the elements, but. Yeah, but you know, cold is cold, rain is rain. L.A. I've said it too. L.A. has changed me yeah. too. It's made me soft. Yeah, a little bit. I'm, I don't want to say I'm soft yet, but yeah. I'm, I'm saying that I am. I'm not going to point the finger at you, but, uh, but I 
I, I can tell you that, yes, I, I, what has happened to me? I really like, how do people go out of this kind of weather? It's, man, it's like 58, spoiled, man. You can spoil <laughs> really, it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's terrible. You know, people in Wisconsin right now, I love this weather. Out. You're so right. But, uh, <laughs> but either way, James Jones at the airport, he had two hats from which to choose. Could have gone Lakers, but he went Clippers. I went Clips, man. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good enough. I like the colors too. It kind of went with my outfit. You see a little red and the brim and all that. So, yeah. Okay. That, well, at least that makes some practical sense there. And by the way, the Clippers ain't half bad yeah. this year. So, all right, let's jump into some pro football talk, shall we, right now, and uh, do some flake it or make it and, de- and determine who will make it or flake it for their teams in these two big games. And let's avoid the QBs because we talk about QBs a lot. I don't know if you heard. It's a QB league, some high-profile ones out there um, in Arrowhead and in the Superdome. But let's talk about if it's not one of those QBs, who will be the MVP of this game? I want you to choose um, one of these guys for me. Let's start it off with number 30 in the backfield for the L.A. Rams, Todd Gurley. How say you? Will he be the key factor of this game, barring the QBs? Oh, yes, I'm going to say make it on that. Absolutely. I feel like Todd Gurley makes it easier on everybody. And that's Sean McVay. That's Jared Goff. He makes it easy on everybody. And if they can run the ball, even half the way they ran the ball last week, mm-hmm. They possibly could come out of there. With and no, and with no rankings out there, they're the one uh, out of the four teams in the mix still. They're the only ones who've been fairly sturdy against the run, but you take away their number one run stuffer. Yeah. That obviously changes things quite a and bit. You better believe the Rams notice that, and they're definitely going to have some design runs to go straight up. And, and then on the other side of things, obviously, you have uh, you have Alvin Kamara, the home run hitter. Either way, so, well, let's, uh, let's go there. Kamara, flake it or make it for him. I'm going to say make it for him, too, as well, because I feel like this game right here, you will definitely see Kamara get the ball 15 times, and I'm not talking about running it. I'm talking about he'll have 15 mm-hmm. catches because I feel like I feel like Peyton is going to motion him out the backfield, mm-hmm. get him on those linebackers, and if they want to stay, they put a DB on him and they're playing off coverage, that zone, that, that way Phillips likes to play, they're going to dump it to him and force them corners to come up and tackle. They're going to have some design passes for him, and I feel like he will have at least 15 catches in this game. I'm, I'm with you, and it's devastating, and it's like a slow death most of the time. You watched uh, Brady do that with James White again in yeah. another big-time game, just pick you apart by throwing it in the flat to, to his uh, yeah, shifty runner. Yeah, but this is a different beast, though. Oh, I, 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 I'm not comparing those yeah. two. No, no, I know, I know yeah. what you're saying, but I mean, yeah, this this kid, Kamara, he can go outside and run a go route, run a stop route, and, and all those things. So it's difficult to stop him. And if you have him and Ingram on the field at the right. same time, it, it could be a problem. So. Is that a – by the way, with uh, Kamara, inform uh, the uninformed Dave here, are most of those things that Kamara runs out of the backfield, are those choice routes or, is, or is, and he's just reading and Absolutely. Breeze is following Absolutely. him? They're, they're choice routes. If he comes out and the defender's inside, boom, I'm breaking outside. If he comes out the defender's outside, boom, I'm breaking inside. If he comes out and the defender's sitting off, boom, I just hook it up right there. So choice routes are great, especially for running backs that's explosive like him because you have a three-way go, a three-way 
way off. As long as you have a QB who unloads it quick to you, then yeah. yeah you and, can... and all that happens in practice. Like, right. I, I promise you, Drew Brees knows, knows exactly what Kamara's going to do. Mm-hmm. Even if you, Kamara comes up and the defender's head up, and he, he knows exactly what Kamara's going to do. All right. Well, then listen, you, you took both those runners. Mm-hmm. So now, and you said both are going to make it. Yeah. Now you have to say who's going to make it that much further and go all the way to Atlanta, Georgia in a couple of weeks. Ooh, put me on the spot. <sighs> well, you had to know. I was going to ask you who's going to win the game, James. In my, in my heart, something tells me that the Rams are going to win this game. Hmm. But right. if I'm picking right now, I'm going to take the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice that was a pro move by James Jones? Because he made two distinct statements. Yeah. You can easily, in in the edit bay after the fact, you can remove the word but, and he can have one statement, in my heart, I think the L.A. Rams. And then you can separately, if they win, you can put out like, I'm picking the New Orleans Saints. Well done there, James Jones. All right, now let's talk AFC ball. New England Patriots, Kansas City Chiefs. The first name, the superstar. I did. I, I will pat myself on the back and say I said Sony Michelle would uh, w- oh. was the main man in that Patriots yeah. offense, and you could see that about six eight weeks ago that that's where they were, um, yeah. you know, heading as a uh, as an offense. Oh, yeah. Sony Michelle, flake it or make it on Sunday in Arrowhead against that Chiefs defense. Absolutely make it. Sony Michelle brings so much balance to the New England Patriots offense, and he makes as great as Tom Brady is a great run game. Tom Brady is only going to be that much greater. And you have Sony Michelle in the backfield can run. Why do you think them linebackers was coming up last week from mm-hmm. the Chargers, and he was throwing those B lines and those deep crosses right behind the linebackers because Sony Michelle was running the air out of the football. I mean, three touchdowns in the first half, over a hundred yards. And I just look at this Kansas City defense. I don't see them stopping Sony Michelle because you gotta defend Tom Brady and his arm as well. So Sony Michelle make it. Yeah, it's exactly right. What are you gonna do? You're gonna really load up to take away the rookie and then let uh, and then uh, have for all of time a look back that says, "Oh yeah, we let the goat beat us." Yeah, yeah. And and, and that's what I will do if if I'm the Chiefs. My game plan will be to stop Sony Michelle, and I am gonna challenge the wide receivers. I'm gonna get in Edelman's face. I'm gonna get up there on Gronk and press these guys play after play after play and make it hard on them take take all the timing out of these routes and mm-hmm. jam them up and press you cannot let why don't team teams do that more with the Patriots I mean receivers? You, you have to have the personnel and I think coaches yeah. know that like okay we don't have the personnel but uh I mean you got you got to try to believe in your players man and let them jam those guys up and reroute them a little bit mm-hmm. what about the frigid temps we always hear that the offense has the advantage if you have a rugged run game the defense is will and probably uh, bodies break a little bit in in those temperatures trying to wrap those guys up what about from the wide receivers perspective how much harder is it to go out there and do your thing well it's extremely hard and and it's not necessarily like the running part and cold it's the ball is rock hard Hmm. The ball swells up. It's frozen. When that ball hits your hands, it's a sting that that ball hits your hands with that that hurts so bad. So you want to get all the balls. You're not used to catching with your body, but it's cold. You want to get, hmm. that, get that football on your body. And sometimes you can get a little dropsies because you're not used to catching up there with your body in the cold if you're not used to catching in the cold. So for receivers – 
you have to focus. You got to go back to the little details, looking the football all the way in and, you know, strong hands and all that because the ball is cold. And does Tyreek Hill, does this diminish his opportunity or his ability? Get, if it's a, if, if the ball is bigger, is it harder for Mahomes to to push it down uh, well, the way I, he usually I, can? Yeah, I think for, Ty, for Tyreek Hill, I, I don't think it's going to be a problem because a lot of his – Catches are down the field, so it's boom. But Mahomes doesn't want he won't be limited in how. No, can, no, no, quarterback. I don't know I mean, physics. No, you you no. can throw the ball. Yeah, just quarterbacks as throw the ball just as easy down the field. It's it's the, it's the catcher that it's, has the hard part. I, I mean, you. don't get me wrong. The quarterback's hands are frozen too, especially if you don't wear no gloves and all. Mm-hmm. I know Aaron Rodgers never wore gloves, so I'm sure his hands was frozen throwing the football. But for Tyreek Hill, it's different when. It, Aaron drops back and he, oh, or Patrick Mahomes drop back and it's a curl route. Oh. But a lot of Tyreek Hill's balls are down the field. It's coming like a rainbow. So you could boom, you could kind of kind of cradle a little bit and it'll help you out. Then just coming back to the ball and you got to catch that thing with your hands and you get that. Ah, oh, wait. I'm glad I'm done. I, it's funny you say that because uh, because being on the Packer side of things, you, you that's what you wanted. You lusted yeah. for that to bring the the Southern teams up to you guys around this no, time of the year. Oh man, huh? I tell people all the time, just like <laughs> it's cold for you guys coming from Atlanta or coming from LA, it's cold for us. Everybody's like, man, you live in Green Bay, you live in mm-hmm. the snow. I said, listen here, I go from my garage to the house. Okay, <laughs> I go from the practice field, <laughs> dressed up in sweats and hoodies and all that, man, back into the facilities, into the car. I said, man. I'm not sitting down having no cup of coffee in this snow, man. I'm not it is an interesting point. I don't know. I really don't know why rationally it's an advantage to the home team. Like you say, everybody at this point Everybody's from, cold. from Texas, California, man, or Miami. Negative or, uh, 20 Florida is negative 20 for anybody. <laughs> Last name then. We just talked about him a little bit. Tyree Kill. Will he flake it or make it? I'm going to say he's going to flake it. Ooh, how so? And the only reason why I say that is because what he did to the New England Patriots right. last time they played. And I feel like Bill Belichick is going to make sure his defense takes away those big plays from Tyreek Hill. And that means number 87, Travis Kelsey, will be 15, 17 catches in this game because they're going to take away the deep balls and forced him to go down the field eight, nine, ten play drives. We're not just giving up the shot plays. I guarantee Belichick will take him away and figure out how to double team him and take him out of the game and force Travis Kelsey in the run game to beat him. It is interesting because I talked to Maurice Jones Drew about this this week, and you know that is the uh, that's what everybody has pointed at for at least a decade now is that what Belichick defensively will do is take away your number one and very often your number ones and two uh, choices that what you'd like to do offensively, but. In this particular case, Tyreek Hill, how do you – I mean, if he's if he's the fastest man on the planet, if he's the fastest guy who's ever touched a pro football field, how much can you really do to stop that? He can still oh, run by you. Me, I mean, he is special. I mean, it's not a lot you can do, but I'm just saying antennas will be up when, mm-hmm. when Tyreek Hill – wherever Tyreek Hill is lined They will up, always know where they he is. They're always going to know. Right. It's probably going to be safety help over the top to try to stop him. But what Andy Reid does great with Tyreek Hill is that he moves him 
all over the field. It's a reverse. It sweeps. Mm-hmm. It's, he's in. The, he's number three in the slot. He's number one on the outside. So he moves them all over the field. So as for that Patriots defense, it's like communication has to go way up wherever Tyreek Hill is to stop them. But I think they'll always have two eyes on them. But I just think that that'll be good for Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs because Travis Kelsey will. Oh, wait a minute. I was about to say, I think you're going to take the Patriots. But now I think you're taking the Phenom and company. You're taking the Chiefs to break the half-century-long curse. I am taking the Kansas City Chiefs in this ball game. We're going to get a rematch from what we had in the Coliseum with the Rams and the Chiefs out there in Atlanta. Well, I mean... I'm not going to say no one believes in you, Tom Brady, but James Jones sounds like he believes a little <laughs> bit more in the phenom yeah, going into this one in, uh, in Arrowhead. Great stuff, James Jones, as always. Good times. That's it for this week's edition of Flake It or Make It, presented by Head & Shoulders. You listen to Dave All right, I enjoy talking to James. Great times catching up with, uh, with money. Martin Weiss back there behind the glass. Give your Twitter handle. At underscore Martin Weiss. I have a knack. You know what? One knack I have in this uh, in this dumb business, I can I can uh, ID who's going to do well going forward. And all three voices you've heard behind the glass today uh, fit that description. Martin Weiss, uh, Eddie Spaghetti, and Emma VP. Make sure, speaking of which, you listen to the broadcast with her and Ricky Hollywood. Make sure you listen to Daves of Thunder. Make sure you listen to Adam Carolla. And uh, in the second part of the Daily Adam Carolla Show, Good Sports is there for your ears and uh, and listen to that. And of course, subscribe to the Dave Damashek Football Program. The video show comes at you every Thursday. Two shows every week. We're off to Atlanta but not before we do two more shows next week. We'll talk to you after the two title games to get you right for the Super Bowl. Thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.